0: Hi friends, welcome to episode number one of the Ninja Everyday Podcast. The Ninja Everyday Lifestyle Blog has so far been my way of sharing my journey towards becoming the best version of myself or a Tatsujin, a Japanese word that describes a fully actualized human being. Now I have the opportunity to share my journey through this podcast. I'm sharing this information to potentially help anyone who's looking for a system of self-improvement, not just to toot my own horn. Please understand that I am in no way claiming to have it all together. I plan on bringing you interviews with world-renowned martial artists, survival skills experts, fitness professionals, and a whole assortment of extraordinary individuals that I believe will educate and inspire you. I've been practicing the art of Toshindo, a modern form of self-protection crafted by American martial arts pioneer and ninja master Anshu Stephen K. Hayes for the last 22 years. I have almost as much time under my belt training in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with several legends in the sport, but now specifically under the guidance of Professor Roy Dean. I've also had the opportunities to be a firearms instructor, security professional, and defensive tactics instructor over the last two decades. Because of my interest in all things ninja, my hobbies have branched out into wilderness skills and survival training, and that has pushed me into furthering my knowledge through hunting and fishing. All of this led me to being a part-time wilderness survival skills instructor. Because of the demands of my martial arts training, particularly my jiu-jitsu practice and past MMA endeavors, I have a lot of interest in functional fitness development, which has prompted me to acquire my personal fitness training certification and several accreditations related to unconventional fitness development. As physical fitness gained an importance to me, I also started to focus more on the mental and spiritual aspects of fitness which led me to meditation and mindfulness practices. This interest plus my ninja martial arts connections led me to Shugendo, which is an old Japanese approach to an amalgamation of nature-based shamanic Buddhist Taoist and Shinto-style spirit-building practices. Last year, I took my second set of vows in the Kasumian Shugendo tradition. The Ninja Everyday Podcast is brought to you by my personal dojo and training facility in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Chapel Hill Quest Martial Arts, offering a variety of programs for everyone from Toshindo Self-Defense, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Quest Fit Functional Fitness, Quest Kick Fitness Kickboxing, and Personal Fitness Training, all expertly designed to help you unleash your potential check out our website at chquestcenter.com episode one of the ninja everyday podcast has to start off strong so i'm going to share an interview with my toshindo instructor personal mentor and friend anju stephen k hayes black belt magazine calls him a legend one of the 10 most influential martial arts masters alive in the world today for good reason He's peerless in his ability to share real and honest ninja combat secrets, enriched by unparalleled insights from the Himalayan meditative mind sciences. His genius is the ability to translate exotic, esoteric concepts from ancient cultures into practical, useful understanding for Western seekers. His gift is in his ability to deliver a complete and all-inclusive approach to personal security and personal power. As a child in the 80s, I was very interested in ninja and ninjutsu because of my introduction to the art through G.I. Joe. I wanted very much to be the ninja character Snake Eyes. The first book I ever found on ninjutsu was The Mystic Arts of the Ninja by Stephen K. Hayes. I found it in my small hometown's public library, and I think I checked it out over a dozen times and practically memorized the whole book. After that, I searched for more books and articles, and over the years, I built my own library of Mr. Hayes' works. In 1998, I found what was then the NC Quest Center, now Chapel Hill Quest Martial Arts, and it was a dojo connected with Anshu Hayes. I immediately changed my job and my life so that I could join this dojo. And after a few months, the dojo hosted a seminar with Hayes, and I was finally going to have a chance to meet the hero of my life. When I met Anshu Hayes in person, he lived up to the hype that I had built up in my head. An articulate and intelligent presenter and teacher, a martial arts wizard, and an incredibly nice and personable individual, I knew that I was training at the right place and I had the right kind of role model. Last year, I started a YouTube interview series called The Masters of Toshindo where I got a chance to speak with the leadership of Toshindo and ask questions related to their personal martial arts journeys, their pitfalls and successes, and their visions of the future of ours and other martial arts. The first interview was with Anchu Stephen K. Hayes. Hi friends, I'm Hardy with Ninja Every Day, and I'm here at the Dayton Quest Center with Anchu Stephen K. Hayes. And this is what I envision to be the first in a series of videos that I'm going to call the Master of Toshindo series, and of course, I've got the ultimate master and creator, the founder of our martial art, Toshindo, and uh, really grateful for you taking some time to uh, speak with us today. I wanted to ask you a few questions about um, your vision for Toshindo, some of your martial arts history, uh, and uh, where you think this is all going to go in the future. So I, I don't know if you could give us like a short summary of how you got involved in martial arts in general and then specifically how it transitioned into Toshindo. Mm. Well,
1: as a child in the 1950s, uh, you know, there was no martial arts training and, uh, like I lived in Wilmington, Delaware. You know, there are a few guys training in judo on the West coast maybe. Uh, but I saw on television, these various TV shows that involved martial arts and, uh, Of course, they were dramas, and uh, they had a dramatic flair, and it just really captured me. Uh, The juxtaposition of being able to fight with an intelligent, otherworldly way, but also there were aspects of healing and self-development in this, and to a six-year-old kid in Wilmington, Delaware, this was fascinating. I I needed to learn this, And, and I was aware of kids being uh, bullied victimized uh, I didn't know how to fight I didn't know how to step in and do anything about it uh, they didn't bully me yes, sir. but I would see other kids bullied and uh, I made up my mind even at that young age you now I'm gonna I'm gonna learn uh, I'm gonna do something I'm gonna be a protector I'm gonna be a hero
0: now did you find all of that? in your martial arts practice as you first started? (laughs) Well, it's been a long haul. (laughs) I'm 70 years old
1: now, and I started when I was 18. So uh, uh, little by little, I found that. Uh, And uh, I think that's exciting. Uh, You know, it's a lifelong quest, and uh, I still consider myself a student. I'm still learning. Uh, I have to learn. Uh, culture changes, uh, the laws change, uh, what other martial arts are out there, uh, how people victimize each other keeps changing. So, I mean, that's my impetus for uh, needing to keep questioning and revising and changing, even at 70 years old.
0: What's your recollection of uh, uh an obstacle or a low point in your martial arts career training and then how did you um overcome that maybe a little offensive to certain people <laughs> out there
1: and I, I don't mean it to be offensive but my my very first martial art tang sudo uh i studied that for several years and i loved it oh man it was like Deliverance. Uh, I was learning the martial arts, and uh, I studied that for years. And uh, and I was a believer. I was a believer. And uh, uh, but there came a time when I started to really look at what happens on the streets in the nineteen seventies. Uh, what happens in in the fields in in battle. Uh, I met people who'd been in real life or death situations, and nothing that I was learning really related to those things. And so I went through a, uh, you know, I was like a third-degree black belt. And uh, so I went through a real dark night of the soul. You know, I've got so much invested in this. Do I move on? Uh, Does that make me a disloyal person? Does this make me a a bad person? Does this make me a dabbler? Uh, Very difficult making that decision, but I a breath and knew now I I need to study this this ninja martial art I I, I need to do that and uh, that was my deliverance a very difficult decision to make but I, I had to make that decision
0: on the flip side are there any particular points in your martial arts career that you identify as you know very proud very special like high points for you I think uh, <laughs>
1: being inducted into the Black Belt Hall of Fame in 1985, mm-hmm. you know, that was a real high point. I was this guy who'd studied ninjutsu for a couple of years in Japan. I was going back and forth with my wife. Uh, we were training, but it was an odd martial art. It was very weird. I was the only guy who had been trained in this martial art that year. It was a statement. No, I, I had made a significant uh, contribution to the martial arts. And then a couple of years ago, I got the, uh, Maya Lifetime Achievement Award. and I'm a lousy customer <laughs> of Century and, and Maya, but they, they chose to honor me. And again, that was like 20 years later after the Black Bell Hall of Fame. And, uh, It was uh, very meaningful, you know, that my peers, uh, uh, my friends, people who didn't even know me in the martial arts uh, would say, no, he made a significant contribution. Uh, He's the guy we're going to salute this
0: year. It was very touching to me. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the influential figures in your martial arts journey, some of the instructors and teachers, maybe even some of the students that left a mark on you as you came up? Well, you
1: know, I uh, uh, can't not talk about uh, Masaaki Hatsumi. Uh, When I got to Japan, I was involved in a high-tension, striking martial art, and and I appreciate my uh, Tansudo teachers. Uh, They were a valuable stepping stone uh, in my life, Uh, so Masaaki Hatsumi... Uh, so radically different. He's so opposite of me. Uh uh the way he lives and the way he conducts his business. And ironically, that was a great teacher for me. Yes, if it would have been somebody like me, eh, you know, we would have uh in fact I did have a ninjutsu teacher, one of Hatsumi Sensei's students, who's a lot like me. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> Head button all the time. So uh uh he was definitely an influence, uh, how he got me to go from attention, uh, quick twitch martial art into uh, something I could live for my whole life. Uh, You know, another great influence, I'm not an Aikido person, but I really appreciate the stories of Morihei Uyeshiba, founder of Aikido. This guy just seems like, you know, bigger than life. Uh, He had been in... China almost executed uh he was a strong guy had a spiritual experience in his 50s and totally changed his whole approach to martial arts uh uh i'm i'm really fascinated by all those stories about uh Morihei Ueshiba um so those are some of the teachers that uh that influenced me uh some of my own students uh, we have a a, a board of shihan uh, all of those guys really impressed me because you know mark russo and dennis mahoney and james norris they d- really don't need me they could easily go out on their own and run their own thing and and it'd be very impressive but they have seen fit to stick around you know, I even ask them I play the devil's advocate say, oh, why are you still here yeah you know, oh, not done getting everything from you yet and uh, uh, but they have their own way of thinking they have their own way of moving and it's very impressive uh, to me uh, to be honest you're a good influence on me as well yeah it means yeah a lot. yeah I mean you are out there you're testing this out you're trying it out you're very honest uh, if something's not working or uh, you know you want to explore this, uh, you go and do it, and you come back, and you keep coming back. So, uh, <laughs>
0: you keep delivering. So. If you could go back and talk to your white belt self, your beginner self, is there something that you would say, pay special attention to this, or don't do this, uh, any sort of guidance to those maybe that are newer to the martial arts or Toshido specific path? Wow.
1: Um, yeah, I think... I would go back, and I would warn my white belt, eighteen-year-old self: um, be careful of the influence of the movies. Okay. Uh, movies are fiction. Movies are, are twisted to create, you know, dramatic feelings in people: uh, anger, uh, you know, heart touching, uh, tears, laughter, uh, and so they'll do things in movies. That aren't going to happen in real life, and you'll be tempted to like answer questions you don't have answers for with answers from the movies, and and that's a very dangerous thing to do. Uh, I feel very strongly about that. I love going to the movies. I love martial art movies, especially things where they do wire work. Mm -hmm. You know, when he gets hit, he flies out of the. I, I love all that. But it's very dangerous to us in the martial arts to build our uh, training around what happens
0: in the movies. There... Right. I think that would be my advice. Any advice to maximize somebody's longevity in the martial arts? How do you, at 70, continue to move the way that you do, roll the way that you do, hit the way that you do? Anything that uh, you see people are doing that may be counterproductive to that?
1: Well, when I was young, you know, in my 20s, um, we used to uh, what I would call train hard. I mean, we'd crank the wrist a little too far, uh, you know, take the shoulder a little too far, maybe some hits a little too hard, and we thought that was really important. Uh, Maybe it was to go through that, but, boy, a lot of people have dropped out over the years. You know, wrist is no longer uh, usable. It can't make a... A tight fist anymore uh, hips replaced um, knees replaced uh, so my advice is God take it easy you're gonna live a long time you're gonna live a long time uh, use the toshindo uh, method of uh, use of the the body the the bone structure um, hit targets if you want to hit hard uh there are all these beautiful dummies now you can crack that dummy flip it over your hip smash it head first into the floor use dummies um you know there's a saying all oh, these kids oh he heals fast and no he doesn't heal fast he recovers fast but he doesn't heal and then you get into your 30s or 40s or later on and all the studs comes crashing back so maybe I can't say enough about
0: okay. uh yeah take it easy take it easy with one of the the question that I'm most interested in is, do you have a vision or um, somewhere you'd like to see the future of Toshindo? Go
1: Well, as you know, I, I kind of leave that up to people in the following generations, your generation, and, uh, you know, like Meg today got her belt. She's the next generation down, and uh, uh, I'm the old guy. Uh, uh, I will really leave it up to you if this is valuable, um, if this is, despite being in the Black Belt Hall of Fame and the Maya Lifetime Achievement, uh, maybe that was just me, uh, but does our martial art really uh, stand out? Does it contribute? Is it valid? Uh, is it viable into the future? Uh, I'll have to leave that up to you uh, to, to build this uh second thing is you know it's going to have to change a little bit uh martial arts have changed since the 1980s they've changed since the 1960s a new martial arts have appeared that were never even heard of back in the 1980s uh laws change culture changes so people are going to have to be have the confidence to say well this may be a little outdated um We can still teach that as a classical kind of a thing in case it comes back, but we need to replace that with this, and I think that's going to be the hard part, you know, they're going to be the loyalists, no, Stephen wouldn't have done that, and uh, the the radicals, oh yeah, but he said we should change it, and uh, uh, you know, wherever I am, I'll be looking down, kind of chuckling, and uh, uh, see how you do, but I have to leave it to uh, generations in the future, if it's valuable, it'll
0: live on. Well, we can reference the video going forward <laughs> if it comes up. So, uh, one last question. Um, if we've got somebody out there watching and they're considering doing a martial art and they're considering Toshindo, is there anything that you would say uh, to maybe help sway their opinion one way or the other? Oh, yeah.
1: I think it's really important to know why am I doing a martial art? Because there are some people that... Um, oh, God, they're chained to a tin desk all day long. Uh, you know, they're writing stuff on papers. It goes into the outbox from the inbox. And, oh, they just want some excitement. You know, I'm just bored to death with myself. They, they want excitement. Um, Toshindo could be the martial art for them. Um, there are other people who have a need to compete... Uh, I, I want to see what I can do. And I just, like, take the stops off and uh, let it roll. Well oh, may not be the martial art for them. Now, they may compete for a few years, get that out of their system. Uh, there are people who, I don't know, confusing age right now. Maybe a little timid spirit, uh, kind of quiet, undirected individual. Uh, maybe they need a very bold martial art. Uh maybe like tang Sudo, you know where i'm always moving forward i'm smashing down i'm screaming ki eyes let the lion out you know uh, so there are all of these arts out there that serve different purposes um, if somebody is interested in toshin do i think the the values certainly it's a practical system it is uh, honest it's realistic with its physical techniques. Uh, something we can do as we get older. Uh, I think the sense of community in the Toshindo dojos, and we have several events, uh, you know, you have me down several times a year, and other people come in and instant rapport. You know, you come up here and train, instant rapport. I think we have created a culture uh, of good-feeling, compassionate, uh, helper type of people. So I think that's going to appeal to certain individuals. Uh, and conversely, you know, somebody who just maybe feels a little timid or passed by or maybe lives in a dangerous area. No, I want to be a bad boy. I want to be a bad boy. Uh, I don't know that Toshindo is really a bad boy martial arts. So they, they may pick another art that would satisfy that need. Um, And then, two, if they get involved in teaching Toshindo, even coaching, even a coach or a trainer, uh, it's a way to give back. Um, But a very interesting role to play in the dojo, I'm helping to encourage new ones who are coming in. And we may find that by coaching and being a trainer, being a teacher,
0: uh, I get a real reward from, uh, uh, from sharing this. Absolutely. Well, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, everybody out there, thank you very much for watching. Stay tuned. We're going to have uh, even more of these Masters of Toshindo interviews coming up. And until next time, Ninja Every Day. Alright. I hope that you enjoyed that. If you're interested in more information about Anshu Stephen K. Hayes, or his martial art, Toshindo, he's very easy to find online and we'll post links in the show notes. If you're interested in training with Anshu and several other members of his training teams, there are lots of upcoming training opportunities. On April 3rd through the 5th of this year, the annual Toshindo Black Belt Retreat will be happening at the Hombu or the Head Dojo in Dayton, Ohio. If you're a Toshindo Black Belt, you should definitely try to get to this event. On May the 1st, I will be hosting what we call Tangu training. We have a spring Tengu training retreat in the mountains of North Carolina. It's definitely more of a retreat than a seminar, and it would be best if you're an experienced Toshindo practitioner. We'll head deep into the mountains for a weekend of nature immersion, waterfall purification practices, guided and unguided meditation opportunities, Toshindo and Jiu-Jitsu martial arts training. For those of you in the Southeast, May 16th through 17th, Anshu Hayes will be at the home dojo of his only ninth degree student and future podcast focus, Mark Sintoshi Russo, at Tampa Quest Self-Defense. And I'd like to end with a quote from Anshu Stephen Hayes that I pulled from a book of poetry called Wisdom from the Ninja Village of the Cold Moon. Ninjutsu skills in which we train would best be known as the art of winning. The warrior of merit collects his victory in ways that do not cause others to feel defeat. He wins before the conflict erupts, succeeds before the challenge appears, and possesses his prize before anyone thinks to oppose him. You will assist the sincere with your ability to win with the spirit. Their dream becomes the force of your vision which becomes a vibrant intention taking shape in the mind and woven into the fabric of reality. We will know that we have won when we have attained what we've needed, and the world is a better place as a result of it.